Hi everybody, welcome to Pet Human Tales. My name is Tess and I am your host. I'm a mother of four boys, two humans, and two English setters. I'm a photographer with a focus in pet photography, and I am now a podcaster. I've brought you this podcast to help share the stories of both humans and pets and the remarkable things that they can do. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Pet Human Tales. I am so excited about this episode. I got the chance to talk with Shauna and Nancy, who are with Cranberry Canine Connection, a nonprofit volunteer organization in Cranberry Township, which is a suburb outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is where we live. Their mission is to enhance, encourage, and support dog-friendly experiences in Cranberry Township. And so we got a chance to chat about just how they do that, some successes they've had, some hardships that they've had, how they get the word out about pet-friendly opportunities, activities, pet-friendly businesses in the area. And they also talk about how you can make your own area more pet-friendly, whether you are in a different suburb outside of Pittsburgh or a different area outside of Pittsburgh or you are just in a different state, different country all together. So it's super helpful information. We also get a chance to chat about a career change that Nancy made based off of her love of animals. I love hearing stories like that. I find it so inspirational to take a passion of yours, whether it's pertaining to animals or not, and to just follow your dreams and do what you feel you are always meant to be doing, which is kind of how I feel about pet photography. So that one hit close to home, and I just think it's really great to hear her story. If you need some inspiration, on getting yourself into the pet field based on your love of animals. We also talk about our mistakes that we've made as pet owners, which I also think is super helpful to talk about and to be honest and open about. None of us are perfect, and I think it only encourages people to research how to best take care of their pets, whether it's how you get a pet to begin with, you know, with adopting and going through rescues, or just simply what type of treats and food you feed your pets, which is actually not that simple. It's actually pretty complex and something I struggled with for um, a while, and I think I finally got my head wrapped around it. So we also share information on that in this episode as well. I really, really hope you enjoy it. I am going to leave the contact information for Shauna and Nancy in the episode notes in case you would like to reach out with them, to them with more questions. And I will also, as usual, leave my contact information where you can find me on Instagram, which is at Setter Marie, and where you can find me on Facebook, which is Setter Marie Photography. Thanks so much for tuning in.
Hi again. I just quickly wanted to let everyone know that my pet photography business, Sutter Marie Photography, is now booking sessions for the new year in 2020. We are so excited for the new decade. We already have some really fun and exciting sessions booked, and I cannot wait to share those photos with you. If you are looking for more information to book a session, whether it's how much a session costs, what the process is like, or what type of sessions you can book, you can look up my website and visit us at www.suttermarie.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. Um, So we're just going to go ahead and get started. Uh, The first question I have for you two is, since this podcast is about pet and humans, both, I always start with this question. Go ahead and tell me a little bit about both of you, um, just kind of yourself, what you do, um, about your fur babies, where you live, all that good stuff. Sure. Well, I'm Shauna. I'll start. Um, I work as a hygienist. My, that's my day job, but my passion is all things dog. So I do a lot of uh, volunteer work for dogs. Um, my fur baby is, I'm a dog mom to my fur baby, Iggy. And then I'm also a proud aunt having two nephews and a niece that I love to spoil. Um, I live in Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania right now, but I moved here probably about a year and a half ago from the Indianapolis area. So that's what keeps me busy. Um, I dabble in amateur carpenter work because uh, my dog had some surgeries and she can't really walk that well anymore. So I build ramps for her, <laughs> oh <laughs> make sure God. she can access windows and stairways and get to the door. So we've done a lot are, of uh, learning to build. Are you self-taught then? Like you've just taught yourself how to build the ramps? Yeah, I'm more of a wing and a prayer where there's a will, there's a way kind of person. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> That's awesome. That's hard work. My husband does that type of work and I, my brain does not work that way. So. I enjoy it. I enjoy figuring out how to fix a problem. It may cost me more trying to do it myself than it would have hiring someone, but it's fun. So yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Nancy, you want to tell us about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Nancy and I am the owner of Wolfstock Barkery, which is an organic dog treat company. I've, uh, had that company for the past 10 years and it's a home-based business um, in which we do um, everyday treats and specialty treats, birthday cakes, holiday treats, things of that nature. And I'm also a private dog trainer. Um, So I've been doing those two things for 10 years. Um, Prior to that, I worked as a veterinary assistant um, and then in the dog training uh, world for another company. Um, And then before that, I was in the corporate world. So uh, I gave up all the corporate business for my love of my dogs. <laughs> wow. I currently have one dog, but I always say I'm a dog mom of three. Mm-hmm. At one point I had three. We have lost um, two of them. Mm-hmm. And the current dog we have now was one that um, found me, mm-hmm. I say. Uh, he was lost and I, I found him. I uh, actually caught him over in Graham Park and... Um, it's an, it's an odd story. I found the owners, so I feel good that I don't have someone else's dog. Um, but I found the owners, and then, uh, long story short, they couldn't keep him, um, and I ended up, ended up keeping him. Oh. So, and he's a black lab, and he's six years old. 
Wow. How old was he when, when he found you? He was two. Wow. Yeah. He hit the lottery when he found Nancy. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're going to find anyone, I would say. You're the person to find. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, so, a pretty, he's a super dog. All my dogs have been really awesome, though. So, yeah. We had two, I had two husky mixes prior to, with him. And what breed is he, did you say? He's a lab mix. A lab he, mix. Um, he actually came up from Louisiana, is what his owner had told me. So oh. he's mixed with something, you know, I know Kellahoo's a popular down in that area. I see some border collie in him, but um, he looks like a black lab. Aww. So you said you were in the corporate world and now you're a dog trainer. How did you make that transition? Did you do schooling afterwards or how did that work? Um, I've, I've always, I've always been passionate about dogs and um, some things changed with my job and um, my company changed and I found myself unemployed and I did some soul searching and said, what do I really want to do? And I um, ended up and I said, you know, I want to, I want to try and do something with dogs. I'd love to do dog training. So then I started um, dog training part-time and then I also got a job as a veterinary assistant part-time. So I had those two part-time and then at one point I had to make the decision of which one to do full-time because they both wanted me to work full-time for them. Um, and then I ended up doing training full-time. In the interim, um, I dabbled with the dog treats. Uh, I hadn't sold those to the public yet. I just did those for family and friends. And everyone encouraged me to sell them, sell them, sell them. And so with some you know, soul searching, I said, okay, well, let me try this. And so then, and my dogs were, when I first started making treats for them, they were a year old and that was 2001, I think. So it was a while. And, um, but I started selling to the public 10 years ago. So wow. Selling them to the public. Yes, it's been a while. And mm -hmm. I think, I feel like, I, you know, can't remember it super clearly, but I feel like that's, before, you know, dog treat companies or um, like homemade dog treats, I guess, was really super big like it is now. So you kind of got in there early, it seems like. Yes. Yeah. She was telling me earlier that it was because of her work as a veterinary assistant and learning about um, how dogs can't eat a lot of the store-bought treats. Dogs with different allergies, different conditions. Right. Um, and then, too, at that point in time after that, um, it all came out about how terrible a lot of the products are of, you know, the, you really have to research your dog ingredients, you know, read the labels, how important that is. So people are becoming more and more aware of that, which prompted me to, um, you know, obviously make sure I selected good ingredients for my business. Yeah. And, you know, we won't get, I guess I won't get too much into this, but I will say as someone on the outside who doesn't have much knowledge on that, um, I did recently in the past year just start to get really um, more aware of my dog's food and what they're eating. And I should have done it a long time ago, but it was just so overwhelming all the time. And so I did sit down one day and really research. And ever since I put them on what I would consider what my research has found to be a better food, I do notice a difference. My one dog mm -hmm. had a lot of weight problems. I feed him the same amount because he is just so active and so hungry. And we got him as a rescue and he was underweight. So I think there are some like food fears there that he won't get mm -hmm. to eat. But um, he 
is a better weight now. He eats the same amount of food, but is just a lot more slim and trim. And he lost all the weight the vet said he needed to. So I am, yeah, it's been amazing kind of switching that up. So, all right, well, let's move on here to the next question. Tell us a little bit about how your love of animals started um, and also how they came to be a part of your family. But Nancy, you kind of shared that a little bit already. So Shauna, if you want to share. (laughs) Well, um, I grew up on a farm in Southern Indiana. And um, so I kind of always had a love of animals, but it seems like on a farm, there's always this like separation between your love of animals and keeping in mind that a lot of them are livestock. So it was kind of a, a weird way to grow up and then be such a, an animal lover, but I am. Um, so I've always loved animals. I've always had farm dogs and cats and horses and cows. We even had a deer at one point. Oh I'm not gosh. really sure how that came to be. I have to ask my dad about that one. But um, So I've always been surrounded by animals. Um, but my like passion about dogs really happened when I got my current dog, Iggy about eight and a half years ago. She's a seven pound Yorkie and she has just changed my whole world. <laughs> I mean, I love that thing like like a family member. Um, I just do. She's my whole world and I don't know what I'll ever do without her. Um, so she really, really opened my heart to my love of dogs. Um, so your other question about telling me, telling you about her um, and how yes. she became part of my family. I, I'm embarrassed to admit with her, I did it all wrong. Um, I've told Nancy about this a little bit already, but I had no clue back then, um, almost nine years ago when I got her, I purchased her from a breeder that I found online. I had no idea if they were a reputable breeder. I didn't even know what to ask. I didn't know how many dogs are in shelters and rescues and the overcrowding problems and the spay and neuter issue. And since then, I've learned a lot, and I really, really try to do my part to help educate people so they don't make the same mistake. Um, But I hope that me making those mistakes allows me to be more empathetic when I talk to people and try to educate them about it, because I honestly had no clue. I was just working a million hours a week, and I did it all wrong. I knew I wanted a Yorkie, um, and I did it all wrong. So if I had it to do over again, I would probably do it differently, but I'm so glad I got her because she opened my heart and she opened my eyes and I've feel like I've been able to do a lot of good and I'm trying my best to make a difference and help save as many dogs as I can because of her. I love that. And I'm in the same boat as you, Shauna, my first dog, Wesson, he is, um, we bought him as a puppy and that is the same thing. We wanted a dog and, you know, people around us, it was, that was just the only way to do it was to buy from a breeder, according to anyone I knew with the dog or just, you know, you get different opinions. And, um, it wasn't until I wasn't even interested in English setters. Actually, I was interested in Springer Spaniels and we, the breeder had both. We went, we picked out Wesson and then that got me on the English setter research when I was researching their behaviors and how to train them right. All the rescues popped up. And I was kind of like you, just like a rude awakening, how many needed a home. And that's why we adopted Oakley. So I I agree with you. It's good to learn. And I always 
like you try to be open and honest that I did buy and now I do adopt and same with the dog food. I wasn't always great about it and that's my fault, but you can always learn and improve. So that's what I always say, you know, better, you do better and help other people not make the same mistakes you, you did if you can. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, so we all kind of met through Facebook. Thank you, Facebook. (laughs) And um, I met Shauna and then Shauna told me about Nancy, but you both work um, on the Facebook page and the nonprofit Cranberry Canine Connection. Um, And can you tell us just a little bit about the work that you do with them, what Cranberry Canine Connection is, what the mission is? Yeah. Um, Well, like I said, I I moved here from Fishers, Indiana, about a year and a half ago, and Fishers was very, very dog friendly, and you could take dogs all kinds of restaurants and every park, and that's just kind of the way of life I had gotten used to. Um, When I moved to Cranberry Township, I quickly discovered when walking my my dog in the park that dogs aren't allowed in the park, and I was like, wow, that's that's really strange to me. Like, and everybody here just seems to be like, that's the way it is. It's always been that way. And, uh, they just said, we'll go to the dog park. That's what the dog park's for. And so I went to the dog park and it was just the small dog side. Cause I have a little dog is not great to be honest with you. The big dog side is, is okay. Um, it does have some drainage issues. Um, so I had sent a message to the parks and recreation department and saying, you know, the little, the small dog park leaves a lot to be desired. And the parks and recreation director got back to me right away, invited me to come some of the, to the meetings, the public meetings, and told me about uh, the Cranberry Canine Connection Committee. It was small at the time. I think Nancy was the main, (laughs) main member at that point and uh, invited me to join that committee and, you know, try to implement some changes. And so I, that's how I connected with Nancy and Since then, she and I have kind of joined forces and we're kind of unstoppable together, I feel like. (laughs) So we're actually making some positive, positive changes on the dog front in Cranberry. Awesome. Can can you share with us what some of those changes are yet or are they kind of still under wraps? Oh, no, there we've um, we we try what I'm trying to do is I took over the Facebook page because it had a Facebook page, but it wasn't really being well utilized yet. so I took it over. I think we had like 55 people on there. Um, so we now have over 400 last check. I'm trying to build like a local community of dog lovers um, as a, a network so we can share information about dog friendly activities in the area, share retailers that are dog friendly, allow dogs in to go shopping, restaurants that allow dogs out on the patio. Um, we're trying to build like a, a dog community and just kind of enhance the overall dog experience in Cranberry Township. Um, We try to enhance, encourage, and support any dog-friendly experience. We're wanting to improve the dog park, which we have heard we're getting a new dog park next summer, I think is when they're starting on it. Um, We're moving the one where it is now across the street. So it's gonna be new and improved, which is awesome. Um, we host community pack walks to invite the community together, um, bring their dogs and just socialize the dogs and people. Um, and we just try to partner with local dog friendly community or businesses and dog centered businesses, um, promote what they do. And 
several of them have sponsored some of our pack walks, like they'll donate hot chocolate and donuts and things like that uh, for the pack walk to help keep us all warm and carved up for our pack walks. So we're just trying to build a dog community in Cranberry and actively trying to create a more dog-friendly environment in Cranberry. I love that. Do you find a lot of businesses that you're reaching out to are, are you finding a lot of dog-friendly businesses and are you finding that people in the public are receptive and coming to events and kind of keeping track of what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, we've, we really just kind of grew the Facebook page to a decent size this past fall. So now after that, we've been kind of contending with weather for out. I mean, most dog events have to be outdoors, of course. So right. um, the weather has been a challenge, but for, um, I know this is one of your, we'll talk about later, but um, we just opened uh, a new dog friendly area in North Boundary Park, which is one of our big successes this year. Um, until November 16th, um, just last month, there were no leash dog friendly areas in any Cran- Cranberry Township Park. Um, so we worked closely with the Parks and Recreation Department and implemented a new dog friendly area in North Boundary Park. So we celebrated the opening of that on November 16th with a ribbon cutting and a huge community pack walk that was very successful and everybody really seemed to enjoy. So that was fun. And we're going to continue to have those pack walks once a month just to get the community together. That's amazing. Yes. And we talked that you're going to call me next time that happens. Yeah. And part of my attendance will be taking photos as well. I would love, we would that. love that. I wish you would yeah. have been there for the opening. That would have been wonderful. I know that we is just so pictures, exciting. but I'm sure yours would have been better. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's so exciting. And I love photographing those types of things. And I'm just very into like special moments like that. And for the community, I just think that's so special. So it's yeah, awesome. We, we had a photographer and reporter from the cranberry eagle there um, that's that ended up doing an article about it and they had some pictures but um i feel like a pet photographer kind of comes at it from a different eye <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah yeah i always have my eye on the pets just from you know having that be my trade in photography and it's funny some people will ask me to do some family photos where there's kids and pets and I feel bad because sometimes I feel like I end up paying more attention to the dog than I do like the kids I always try to make sure the dog's looking at me and that they're sitting right and then I'm like oh yeah by the way kids make sure you smile so yeah I definitely have my eye on that all the time I would be the same (laughs) Nancy did you have anything to add about cranberry canine connection and how that all came to be and um no you you covered the important parts of that um you know we've just been working hard um you know even there 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 have been some other individuals who were part of our board prior and then they had to move on to other things based on um, commitments in in their life but they too you know made an effort to try and enhance things and they helped with the additions that we made within the dog parks uh, and enhancing those. So they were instrumental there. Um, but since Shauna came on board, we are really, you know, diligently trying to move forward and um, just kind of open the doors um, a little bit more. We're trying to push the envelope as much as we can mm-hmm. gently, um, you know, to try and get, you know, greater opportunities so that, you know, they can, the dogs can be enjoyed within, you know, uh, the community and, and the families and so forth. Awesome. So amazing. And that kind of leads into our next question, actually. Um, A lot of people listening to this 
are, I know, interested in also making their communities more dog friendly. So how can people do that if they live in other areas? Um, For those that don't know, Cranberry Township is a suburb outside of Pittsburgh. So we're in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Um, And with that, if people are going to take on this challenge, what are some struggles? And you've already, you know, shared some successes, but if you have any more that they can expect to maybe deal with or should kind of work through and overcome so that they can do all the amazing things that you're doing? Well, I think most importantly is just um, show up. Um, Don't be afraid to take the lead and push for changes you'd like to see happen because chances are you're not the only one that wants to see those. Um, Attend your local government meetings, your parks and recreation meetings, ask questions, Um, work with those government entities to try to change things um, that you'd like to see changed. I know when I first moved here, it kind of made me mad, to be honest, that dogs weren't allowed in the park. So I kind of came into it with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder and a little bit, I was a little angry. And uh, my first reaction was, you know, I'm going to get a bunch of people and show up at these meetings and we're going to sign petitions. And then I was like, settle down, Shauna, slow your roll. (laughs) (laughs) there's a better way to go about this. Let's get inside, um, join forces with them and change it from the inside the right way, you know? So um, that's what we tried to do. Um, And the parks and recreation department has been wonderful. The parks and recreation director, he really spends a lot of time with Nancy and I listens to our ideas and they do make a, a strong effort to try to help us implement the changes that we'd like to see. And I really think, I mean, it's not that they're opposed to it, they just needed somebody in the community, a, a group um, pushing and pulling them sometimes through these changes. They needed somebody in the community, um, a group of people who were pushing for it and to make their ideas and, yeah. and discuss pros and cons and, and to listen and to be open-minded to, to hear both sides mm-hmm. and to volunteer and actually show up. Um, that's what I always say. People, I hear people saying all the time, somebody needs to do something. That's like my, one of my pet peeves. Cause I'm like, you're somebody do something, you know? Right. Um, and I would suggest to people to start a Facebook page that has um, for the theme of whatever you're looking to change or implement and try to grow up a local network of people that are like-minded that share your passion and ask them for help, ask them to show up. Awesome. That's awesome advice. I love that. Well, um, kind of leading into our, our last question, we're going to switch it up a little bit and make it fun, not as serious, but I love to ask everyone this before we end. Is there anything that you both can take turns answering that your dogs do that's a super funny or cute behavior or just a story about them that's funny, cute? I can think of so many things of my dogs where I, it's like having a kid and I know this from my own kids, but I always say I have four because truly like they each have their own own personalities. And Mm -hmm. I, it just amazes me that being animals, they can just be a part of your family and have their own unique stuff that they do. And I have just as many memories of them as I do my children. And so I always love to hear what everyone else's memories are as well. Yeah, I have so many about my little Iggy that I would have a hard time picking one. But um, one of the ones she did recently was she was uh, she had had knee surgery on both of her 
back legs uh, over the past about year and a half. And so she's not been able to do stairs since then, as I mentioned earlier. So we've been doing ramps. But before I implemented the ramp on the stairs, um, she would always try to get downstairs. Like when my in-laws are in town and stay with us, they usually hang out on our lower level and they were down there eating dinner and she loves to go down there when they're eating dinner because I know my mother-in-law always tends to give her a little bit of something even though she knows she's not supposed to but and I think it's adorable so I'm not gonna fight it so but so Iggy's always trying to get down to the basement when they're eating and I really kind of been trying to put my foot down because she needs to watch her diet so she was throwing a fit and I thought she wanted to go downstairs, but I was like, she may need to go potty. I don't know. So I took her outside because she was thrown up fit. And um, going to the front door is the way down to the basement because it's like a, a split entry. So I took her outside to go potty, um, thinking that that's why she might be throwing a fit. She ran around the house to the back door on the lower level to get to them so she could beg them for their food. Oh <laughs> so my gosh. She's resourceful. She found a way. She convinced me that she needed to go potty so she could get out the front door and run around to the back door. That so. is so funny. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like a kid with their grandparents, you know, yeah. they, they know that they're, they have a weakness <laughs> exactly. and that they'll give in. That's yep. hilarious. <laughs> yep. What happens with Nana stays with Nana. <laughs> that's right. Oh my gosh. That is too funny. Yeah. I love that. And then another one, uh, just a quick one is um, my dog's nickname is one way. My neighbors down the street have nicknamed her one way because she'll go on a walk with us and she will never, ever, ever want to turn around and go back home. Whether we're walking from home or walking from the car, she won't go back to the car. She won't go back home. And mm -hmm. so I'm, we carry her back home. Luckily, she's seven pounds, so we can. Like, if we had a bigger dog, we would have had to done a much better job of training her to <laughs> be obedient. But um, so we carry her back. And one day I was walking back with her and my neighbor was like, you know, we nicknamed your dog One Way. <laughs> <laughs> so she's well known in the neighborhood as One Way. Oh my gosh, I love that one too. That's awesome. Nancy, yeah. Oh, so many. Like you said, there's so many, and I don't even know if I could like find one. Um, you know, my my first dog Sadie, she was a husky shepherd, and um, all of my dogs have just taught me so much. Um, she was unbelievably loyal. Um, and then I got. Her sister, Abby, they were five months apart. She was a Husky Lab. Um, and as you said, their personalities could not have been more different. Um, and it, they, I don't know, it, it, it's just the, the personalities of them. And I laugh because even though Bo, the dog I have now, was only with the both of them a short time, um, I swear he possesses qualities of both of them <laughs> at certain times. And, you know, he does stuff for both of them. I don't really know if I could say um, a funny story. Um, I, I really feel blessed of Bo coming into my life. Uh, he has really taught me what a free thinking dog is. <laughs> he, and um, He's just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel blessed to have all three of the, my dogs in my life because I truly feel they've made me a better person. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love what you said about Bo having qualities of, of both of them. I stuff like that is just so it gives me chills sometimes. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it and this could be totally me reading into it or whatnot, but my 
grandmother had passed away in the um in the spring and she had suffered from dementia for a long time. And we went through her photos as you do when someone passes away and we're looking through everything. And there was a beautiful black and white photo of her and her dog sitting there. And, um, she loved that dog. I was actually talking to my mom about it. She told me how much she talked about the dog and just how attached she was to it. And it was just, and that's why I love pet photography because it was just the most simple photo, but you could just see like how special their bond was. And I did a, an event at Heartwood Acres this summer and my aunt brought my dog Wesson with me so I could, you know, let him attend the event with me, but I was taking photographs. So I needed my hands free. And when we were taking a break, I asked her to take a photo of me and she did. And I took it back home. I, edited it and was going through the photos of the evening. And when I looked at it, I saw similarities with my grandma's photo and I put them side by side and my grandma and I are almost sitting in the exact same way. And the dogs in both photographs are looking at each other. When you put the photos side by side, it was so strange to me that, you know, being an animal lover and her being my grandmother and just having like the same photo. And I think stories like that are so special when dogs or people have passed and you kind of get that little glimpse of, you know, whether having them back or memories of them or whatever it might be. So, yeah, oh, that's cool. But yeah, yeah. I'm going to be lost without my edgy. I don't know what I'll do without her. Oh, yeah, <laughs> speaking I can't of, take speaking about of it. free thinkers. She is a stubborn <laughs> little one. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, the house certainly changes when they're not here. Yeah. That's what I always say. Whenever my edgy is at like a grooming appointment or she's out of the house for some reason, I feel like there is a light that's usually on in my house that's turned off. Almost like if a bulb burns out on a lamp that you always leave on when she's gone um, and not in the house, it feels like something's missing. So it's, uh, they definitely change your life. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much to both of you for sharing everything um, and just for doing this interview with me. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. And I, for one, am just excited to start attending your events, being close to the area. And so I'm just so appreciative for all the work that you do. Thank you. We're excited to have you. I can't wait for you to come to one of our pack walks. Yes, it'll be so fun. All right. Well, thank you very much. And everyone else, we will see you for our next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. We are going to take a little break from our episodes over the holidays, and I will return with a brand new, fun, exciting episode after the new year, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe and give your fur babies a hug for me.